Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast. A member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 34, featuring the top five Romulan episodes. Jolan True Subcommanders, I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And we have another fun topic for you tonight. It's a Star Trek classic. And so way back in episode 10, we did our top five Klingon episodes. And so this week, we're continuing that series of Star Trek races by jumping into our top five Romulan episodes and joining us for what is sure to be a duplicitous episode filled with misdirection and deceit, our two outstanding knowledgeable Trekkies coming to us straight from the Tal Shiar. First up is frequent guest and Trek Ranks contributor, Mr. Alexander T. Perry. Alex, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, Jim, and may I say you have manipulated this situation with the skill of a Romulan. Oh, that's uh, that's the, the perfect greeting for this episode. And also joining us tonight, making his first ever Trek Ranks appearance from Fired Up to finally get him on, is Mr. Seth Walker. We've been trying to get him on for quite some time. Finally made it happen. Seth, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jim. Joel on True, both of you guys. Hey, Seth. Great to finally talk to you and get you on. And like we do whenever we have someone on for the first time, like to get a quick update on your Trek origin story and how you got into Trek. And, and I now call this like our mini Trek profiles. Because <laughs> yeah. <know> the, the <laughs> great Trek profiles, a podcast here on the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. So what was the impetus for you, Seth, to become a uh, Star Trek fan? Well, I, I don't know if it was nature or nurture, but my mom got me into it when I was really little. I think one of the very first movies that I saw in the theater was Star Trek the one with the whales <laughs> and i just became a trekkie from there on out I, I loved the tos movies captain kirk was my captain all the way until captain picard got on the scene and and uh watched tng throughout all the 90s i did not watch ds9 or Inter uh, sorry or voyager until netflix came around so i was i was staunchly against those two i thought they were lame and then i got smart and watched them and now they are part of the melange that makes up my beautiful trek profile wink wink i love that so now are you have you watched it all yes i've i've seen them all i haven't read a single book and that's probably the area where i need to to get into because i've watched all the shows including your favorite the animated series <laughs> and all the movies and uh yeah that's where it ends, though. Well, Alex hasn't not read a single book. He's read them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I own nearly them all. I can't claim to have read nearly them all. Okay. Some of them, while many of them are excellent, the only thing I'll say is that many of them are not. <laughs> and I own a stack of them that I have. I have read probably about 50 of them, I would say. But not. I haven't really... I've only read like one, a, maybe one a year for the last few years. I just... Uh, haven't been good on my reading. <laughs> and of course, the one with the whales is number one at Trek Ranks. The Voyage oh. Home. It's our, it's our number one <laughs> Trek Ranks movie. It's it's an amazing one to be number one. Uh, it's a big warm hug every time I watch it. It's fantastic. I love it. 
Okay, let's jump into our quick Trek Ranks reset. Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. That's right, Vulcan Master and young Angry Tuvok. Our general order number one here at the Trek Ranks podcast is that this podcast is about all the reasons that we love Star Trek. And we, you know, we rank Trek via some, some deep dive topics just to help get the conversation started. And that's because my favorite thing to do is to talk about Star Trek. So hopefully when you listen, you have some fun with our topics. Maybe think about a few episodes or ideas that you haven't thought about for a while. And maybe go watch some episodes that, that you haven't seen in a while. So our mantra here is no wrong answers. And we love all the Trek from TOS to TNG straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline and now Discovery. It's all fair game on the Trek Ranks podcast. And remember that we use episodes as our shorthand because it's just a lot easier so that the 13 films are always in play. We just uh, call everything an episode. Black alert. Black alert. And just a quick reminder that Discovery is now in play for selection at any time on Trek Ranks. So that means potential Discovery spoilers, just in case you haven't watched yet. And I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any top five Romulan Discovery episodes since I don't think the Romulans even got a mention. In the- it would be a real reach if you picked Will You Take My Hand because in the Orion market there was Romulan writing on the uh, Okay, there you go. That's the kind of expertise you expect here on Trek Race. Thank and you. the writing staff did mention the Romulans. I believe they said that Romulans is a bad word in the writing room. Oh, oh, that's so. right. I do remember that. Okay, that's excellent. So we know that's a lot to take in, but I always like to reset on the show before we get going. So if there's any new listeners. All right. So before we get to our level one diagnostic, let's open up a subspace channel so our listeners know exactly how they can message us. Hailing frequencies are open. You can check us out on trekranks.com and at the tricordertransmissions.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message with your own picks, you can do that at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. You can also find the Tricorder Transmissions on Facebook. And for those of you enjoying all of our shows here at the network, you can support us as a Patreon of our shows at patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions, and we always appreciate the support. And finally, you can reach me on Twitter at TrekRanks and also at Enterprise Extra. So hopefully we'll hear from you because the show is definitely better when we hear from you. Okay, to wrap it up, Alex and Seth, please tell everybody how they can get a hold of you guys. Alex? Best place to reach me is always on Twitter. You can find me at the incredibly unimaginatively uh, at Alexander T. Perry. Someday we'll you get a Trek moniker going there. Someday, and someday. Seth, how can people get a hold of you? Best way to get in touch with me is also Twitter. I'm at Verse Trek. Yes. Oh, and and what's the impetus of that? So uh, yeah, tell everybody about that a little bit because that's you. Well, I, I started this account as a Trek only account. From my other one, my personal one is at the Real Alien Two. You can look me up there but it's inactive and i was just gonna write a, a, like a song or a poem for every star trek episode i got through season one of deep space nine and discovery and then i just fell too lo- in love with this star trek community and i kind of gave that up for now and i'm just trekking through the internet on that twitter account all right well it's a great handle and a great follow <laughs> 
That's at verse Trek, everybody. All right, I think we're ready to head into our level one diagnostic. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. Okay, guys, so without getting into your prime directive, let's talk a little bit about Romulans. So, Alex, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Romulans in Trek? Manipulation and politics. I feel like, um, uh, especially before the Cardassians came along and sort of usurped some of that role, a lot of the kind of political machinations of the Star Trek universe particularly as it during the kind of TNG timeframe, a lot of that was in relation to the Romulans. And I think one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot as I've been thinking about this episode is um, how much of a driver for the narrative arc of the the kind of Star Trek franchise the Romulans have. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's the Klingons and the Klingons do have a huge kind of narrative arc throughout the show, but um, but the Romulans really do as well, even though they may not feature in as many episodes. Yeah, that's a, I love that point. Uh, Seth, how about you? What do you think of when you think of the Romulans and how they're portrayed in Trek? Pretty similar to what Alex was saying. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head when I think of Romulans has to be their aesthetic. I just, I'm very visually drawn to the, the black hair and the hairline and the uh the high shoulder uniforms but then they're just so purposefully mysterious and they're you know <laughs> trying to manipulate everything with as much skill as they can and that's a, a continual thread that through this rewatch i've noticed the writers have done a great job of continuing to focus on and continuing to do in new and creative ways yeah, I, I like that point. And I like that you – I always defend the high, the uh, shoulders. <laughs> That's what they do as a people. <laughs> Shoulder jackets. <laughs> I, I love their aesthetic. I think it looks really good. I love the design of those jackets and and their overall, overall look. And I think they've been treated pretty consistently over 50 years of Trek. I feel like the Romulans have been uh, – I mean, really, when you think from the very beginning of TOS all the way through to – to uh through tng and enterprise i think they did a really good job with that i was thinking that very same thought this morning uh that the tos romulans are uh, you know we we've seen them evolve it doesn't feel like there's been any weird points where things have happened that felt forced i mean of course there's some but natural development is basically the course of their their race i liked it yeah i like that maybe the most inconsistent thing is the forehead ridges all of a sudden mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, they popped in yeah. Although the Vulcans don't have them. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our prime directives. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. So Alex, how did you make your picks? What's your, what was your prime directive in trying to narrow down your, your list here? So I started off thinking that maybe there were only 10 or 15 episodes um, that you could really use for this, but I started putting episodes down on a piece of paper and, and uh, I started off by just going anytime there was even, you know, the smallest kind of mention or appearance of a Romulan character. Um, but that didn't really work for me because then you sort of end up with a lot of episodes that really have nothing to do with the Romulans that might have a scene that has a Romulan character in it 
or a Romulan character that doesn't really serve the overall narrative arc. And so I, what I did was I cut most of those, which was pretty difficult because there were some great episodes on that list down to five that really told you something about uh, the Romulans as a race, um, uh, that it be focused on, that the, that the story be at least the B plot be about the Romulans and about learning more about them than just them being sort of a, a feature of a, a different story that's being told. I, I love that. It's going to be similar to what, to what I did. How about you, Seth? What were the kind of the key factors for you to make your final decisions? I feel like if I go after Alex this whole time, I'm going to be saying just, <laughs> just like Alex, because I had a very similar path. I mean, I, I, pulled up uh you know memory alpha and got all the episodes with the romulans in it and got rid of any of the the ones that are just quick mentions and then started digging in and just wanted to pick my favorite episodes but i realized that a lot of my favorite episodes with romulans in it don't actually deal with the romulan experience so i wanted to look for episodes that fleshed out the quote-unquote romulan experience and there were also great star trek episodes um you know, they had, the episodes had to be good and rewatchable, and uh, they had to do a pretty deep dive into some new concept of the Romulan culture. I was torn between, at first, popular, well-known episodes, and then I just sort of gave up caring because I realized that I'm pr- we're probably going to have some duplicates here either way. And my mission was to, to try to flesh out the Romulans, and it might be done in some paths that were treaded well before me, and so be it. So, all right. So, and I am very similar. So I usually go with kind of my favorite episodes. What's, you know, what's the, I always kind of say that if I can only watch one episode the rest of my life, which one would I pick? But I ended up with a really uh, kind of a theme oriented list where like you guys, I was delving into episodes that really hit on the Robin and society and talked about uh, that got in depth on, on the things that, that drove them. But I also found myself kind of gravitating and hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler towards stories that, uh, that really highlighted like specific Romulan Patriots who really stood out to me. So, uh, so I ended up with that, that ended up being like a real uh, center of, I think almost all five of my picks, if not uh, for sure, four of them. So, all right, we will see how similar our lists are. When we get into the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. All right. So just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things in this episode. First, each of us will highlight our five-word summary and a hashtag. And then we'll reveal our top five Romulan episodes and at the end, we'll ask for a secondary system selections for the picks that maybe just missed our list. We can get a little bit deeper. And if we end up having any duplicates, make sure to listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. And tonight, I think we just might have a few duplicates, but who knows? We say that sometimes and don't, and sometimes we're, we're surprised and do. So you just never know. So let's get rolling. We're going to start with Alex. Alex, what's your number five pick for your list of top five Romulan episodes? Uh, five word summary. Missed it by that much. Hashtag 20 years too soon. 
It is Star Trek Voyager season one, episode seven, Eye of the Needle. Yes, this is an excellent pick. I thought this was a really interesting one because it kind of uh, subverts a lot of the Romulan narratives that you've been fed up to that point, right? Um, a lot of the exposure we had through Next Generation and Deep Space Nine up to that point was to the Romulan military. Uh, very little to, with the exception of unification, to sort of the wider Romulan society. And so to get the opportunity to kind of spend some time with a Romulan scientist, um, somebody who maybe kind of isn't bought into the, you know, doctrine of the empire, um, uh, and then have the Starfleet characters go through this kind of uh, process of going from, well, we don't like Romulans to, you know, actually this guy might be our only opportunity to get home to this guy might be our only opportunity to get a message to our families to let them know that we're okay uh it's one of the best episodes of season one of voyager um uh and and i just thought you know it's uh it's it's a it's a really it's a really good episode yeah it's fantastic and von armstrong plays the the robin which uh oh absolutely which i love he's he's superb it really is uh a different way to look at the Romulans and the conversation and, and the way uh, the way Voyager treats them. I, I, I love that episode. It, it was one of the first, like you said, it's one of the best from season one and one of the first early standout episodes for, for Voyager. That one popped up in my, in my uh, Argus array pretty quick. And uh, yeah, I loved it because very consistent, like we were talking about before, even, even the civilians here, he's duplicitous. He's not quite saying what's going on at first. Very cautious, very, quintessential Romulan and they did a great job with that. Yeah, right. The personalities there, even if the the personality that you would expect is there, even though the outcome that you would then kind of expect from that is really quite different. Yeah. And uh, excellent five words and a hashtag, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Seth, what is your number five pick? Uh, My number five pick, five words is our portion commander is obedience. Uh, hashtag not too soon for me to see the stars of home. This was the TOS episode balance of terror where we first meet, meet the Romulans. Um, I think this does an awesome job of setting them up. I think the show has been pretty consistent from this point on, including the uniform, even though it's evolved, it still has the similar flavor. Uh, It's it's a great episode in general. It's got a cool submarine type, feel old time naval chess game um they define a lot of the parts of the empire which is kind of not tos they sort of left a lot of stuff hanging but here we hear about the praetor we learn about rigid adherence to duty to duty and obedience and of course the incomprehensible mark leonard who is amazing yes uh this episode i am pretty sure this won't be the only time we talk about it. I, I think it's pretty <laughs> safe to say. But uh, the, the I mean, Mark Leonard is amazing. The, the cat and mouse with Kirk is is one of my favorites. And I actually love, now that thinking about this in the dichotomy with Eye of the Needle, this this is like the eighth episode, I think, of uh, TOS. And Eye of the Needle yeah, is one of the first uh, half dozen episodes, too. Also, I'm rhyming an episode. So that's, uh, that's actually kind of interesting that they both... Lace. I have the needle is episode seven. Oh yeah, so right there. And if yeah. you count the caretaker as two parts, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Probably right. laughs> 
Uh, yeah, this episode is just, it's one of my all-time favorites. It's like number three at, at Trek ranks. So, uh, and it's just a, I'm not a huge TOS fan, but this one right. rewatching it, I loved it. I really enjoyed watching this one a ton, and, and you know it was it was hard for me to put it as low as it was. But there's just some other yeah. really great ones on my list that I I couldn't personally. I couldn't bump it higher, but I could not not have it on my top five. Alex, any any quick take on Balance of Terror? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, without Mark Lennard's captivating and enchanting performance, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking about the Romulans anymore, right? I mean, they'd be the same as any other alien of the week. Um, I think it's partially through the the power of that story and the performances in that episode that really gave life to the Romulan Empire and 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 spawned their appearance in 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 numerous stories thereafter. So, I mean, for that reason alone, this has to be held up as as one of the best episodes because without it, the whole thing doesn't exist. Yeah, for sure, sure, true. We are creatures of duty, Captain. I have lived my life by it. Just one more duty. One more perform. Duty. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark Leonard is amazing in, in that uh, in that role. Captain, standing by to beam your survivors aboard our ship. Prepare to abandon your vessel. No, no, that is not our way. I regret that we meet in this way. You and I are of a kind in a different reality. I could have called you friend. What purpose will it serve to die? We are creatures of duty, Captain. I have lived my life by it. Just one more duty to perform. Okay, so let's close out round five with my number five pick. My five words and a hashtag, the Romulans fought with honor. Hashtag, uh, was that Worf that just said that? <laughs> it is Star Trek Nemesis. It is the 10th uh, film from Star Trek uh, film collection. It's, it's actually my number 12 film at Trek Ranks. And I, I, I always say this, that... The, you say whatever you want about the film, but the depth and the layers that it adds to the Romulan Star Empire's backstory is, for me, is essential. Yes. There's so much good stuff with the Remans and the Romulan Senate. Uh, and I, I mean, I love the Scimitar and the Valdor, these two uh, new amazing ships. And I, I think it's part of my overall theme that I, that I talked about in my Prime Directive. My main reason for this pick is because I love this fascinating character of Denatra who I actually would love to see a lot more of. That's a cue for Alex to tell me that she's in a book somewhere. Oh, many books. Many books. Star Trek yeah. Online. She's in Star Trek Online. Oh, Star Trek Online. Many books. Okay. So she's everywhere. But uh, she was played by Dina Meyer, who's uh, absolutely beautiful. I love this character. I love the, the arc that it, at the beginning, she's trying to play Shinzon and the Remans, you know, and, and as any 
good Romulan would do, basically. And then ultimately, <laughs> she comes to the aid of the Enterprise at the end, helping Worf, and and Worf makes that declaration about uh, the Romulans fighting with honor. And she does that because she knows that's the best thing for for Romulus and for the Romulans. And I I don't know that that character always stood out to me. We are being hailed on screen. Captain Picard, Commander Dinatra of the Warbird Baldur. Might we be of assistance? Assistance? The Empire considers this a matter of internal security. We regret you become involved. Commander, when this is over, I owe you a drink. Romulan L, Captain. Let's get to work. You heard the lady. Let's go to work. And anytime I talk about Nemesis, I always feel the need to just highlight again that this film is the byproduct of some terrible direction and choices by Stuart Baird. He was not equipped. Him. He was not equipped with the the right skills for this assignment. And I always say that the the there were the enough pieces in place for this to be a fine film, if not a great film. And I know that if Jonathan Frakes had directed this movie, it would be a good movie. I don't have any doubt in my mind that people would think of this as a good film. So that's the end of my Stuart Baird rant. It's uh, one of the places I, I get dark here on Trek ranks because I think he, he kind of ruined that movie. Uh, having said that, uh, Alex, what's your quick take on Nemesis? Great choice. Uh, one of my uh, favorite scenes from that episode is the opening scene where you start off in space and you pull past Remus down to Romulus and you go through the clouds and down to the capital city and into the Senate uh, chamber yeah. and they're having a conversation. I mean, it it really does kind of show you the 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 cinematic possibilities of doing this kind of story on 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 the big screen because uh, you never saw anything like that in the next generation, you got the one establishing shot in unification and then the rest of it's done in kind of in, in enclosed sets. Um, and so getting more of a sense of scale for the Romulan homeworld and the empire, uh, was great. And then all of those scenes, uh, starting with that one, uh, with Dinatra and the other, uh, Romulan commanders, uh, who are, uh, facing off against Shinzon throughout the whole movie, I think is one of the highlights because it, you know, it goes to show, uh, the, the, the kind of the challenge that there was and the pride that they have. And ultimately, uh, the realization that, you know, Romulans really aren't all that different from 21st century humanity. Yep. Yeah. I love that. How about you, Seth? I'll I'll hold most of my comments. There's a potentiality that I might bring this up later, but oh, you think for right. such a suspicious people, when that device, the Thalion device, turns on, they'd be a little more than just sort of staring at it. I I, I always find that weird that they just sort of watch this thing do it. All right. <laughs> well, we will hopefully we'll talk about it again later. All right, let's move on to round number four. Alex, what do you got? My five-word summary, the best Troy episode ever. Hashtag try the Venerine. Uh, it's Star Trek The Next Generation, season six, episode 14, Face of the Enemy. Alex, I have smelled better Velarine on prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes! I love Face of the Enemy. Fantastic pick. 
it's such a good episode. The fish out of water storyline for Troy being thrown into um, this situation. Carolyn Seymour's performance as um, the commander of the ship uh, is just, it's her finest performance in Star Trek um, of the various guest roles that she played. Uh, the, the, the way when she talked, she was dripping with scorn, but the way that Marina was really able to, and, and the Troy character were really able to, you know, stand up and go toe to toe. You had that kind of elephant balance of terror s kind of submarine action towards the end of the episode when the warbird is cloaked and the enterprise is trying to figure out what's going on. And they don't know that Troy's on the warbird, the whole story about the Romulan dissidents that that carries over uh, from unification and kind of extends that storyline. The whole thing is just a really, really, really good episode that lets you dive deep into the Troy character that gives you a really great, just a really, I mean, I can't say enough what a great Troy episode it is, but also it, gives you this really deep dive into, into Romulan culture and society. And really, there's, I don't think there's any question it's the best performance from Marina Sirtis as Troy, and it's the best Troy episode. I, I totally agree. Great, fully, really good. Seth, any, uh, any quick comments on Face of the Enemy? Uh, this was an amazing, this was the one that I struggled so much to get onto my list. This is my top of my secondary systems here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved that they brought in to existence the Tal Shiar. Uh, this is the first episode that they mentioned the Tal Shiar. And so it's right. cool just to see that additional layering. I mean, up to this point, we're seeing the Romulans as this military governed sort of society. Well, I mean, that kind of gets broken down and unification but to see, to get the Tal Shiar who's such a powerful force for the rest of Trekdom was very great and like you guys are saying Marina was unbelievable in this one she did really well it, it kind of makes you lament like ah oh, they could have done so much more with her and yeah. the character across seven seasons when you see how yes. dynamic she is in this uh, in this setting. Well, uh, just hearing her talk in real life shows you how dynamic of an actress yes. she is. I mean, yeah. I'm unbelievable the yep. persona she puts on. And I'm, you're right, it does make you lament because she was unbelievable in this one. Very, yeah, very good reach. All right, Seth, what is your round four pick? My round four, the five words is, there is no section 31, hashtag, the blood of patriots must water the tree of the Federation. Uh, enter Arma Enim Silent Lekis. All right. A classic. This, this was one that I really loved because, first of all, it's the first time we actually see Romulus. We actually don't just see it. We get to visit it. Uh, Senator Kretak just does her thing. She's, she's a really, she was a really fun addition to the show. Uh, just, you know, talking about professional soldiers, how they'll wait until the Klingons are done with their leave. Just, you know, the Romulans are superior. We can wait. We don't need leave. Uh, they invented the continuing committee for this episode. We meet the Praetor for the first time, Neral. Um, no, I'm sorry. This is the second time we meet Neral. Uh, this time he's played by Hal Landon Jr. That's right. And we're reminded of how harshly the Romulans deal with internal dissent. Yep. Again, there's more duplicity here. There's plans within plans, and there's just harsh corporal punishment, capital punishment for for anybody, especially internal people, who are going to try to shake things up in the Romulan. 
and we get John Fleck as uh, the what's his name? Uh, Koval, right? The leader yes. of, uh, yeah. of the Tal yeah. Shiar. He uh-huh. was Silic. He's the actor who played Silic on Enterprise, and he is one of those underrated uh, yes Star Trek legends who who really is great in everything he did. The, yeah, I love I love this episode. It's definitely one of my uh, one of my favorites over at Trek ranks. Alex, what's your take on it? Uh, though the director of the Tal Shiar may throw me into a holding cell for this, I shall decline to answer the continuing committee's <laughs> questions at this time. Awesome. Okay, then let's move on to my round four pick. <laughs> we have our first duplicate, and it is my five words and a hashtag. Danger and I are old companions. <laughs> hashtag. I could have called you friend. And then yes. of course is balance of terror, which is like I said previously when Seth was uh, talking about it, it's one of my top three episodes over at Trek ranks. It's one of my all time favorites from since I was just a little kid Trekkie in the seventies. And again, so to kind of go with my theme here of the Romulan Patriots, I love this battle weary commander. He's bound by honor and duty but he knows that they, I mean, this guy he just wants to go home to his family, but he knows he still has to go through, go down with the ship, perform his duty for the good of, uh, of the, the Romulan star empire. And I love, I just love everything about Mark Leonard and his performance in, in this episode, right down to his, uh, to his swan song, which I quoted before where he's just one more duty to perform. One of my one of my all time favorites, and let's and single tier for uh, for Robert Tomlinson. <laughs> single tier. All right. Anything else uh, you guys want to throw in about Balance of Terror? Think about how many concepts that held through the whole franchise were introduced in this episode: the Romulans, Romulus, the Neutral Zone, Bird of Prey, the the Earth Romulan War. Uh, all of these Remus, the all of these things that got that that got you know are now kind of baked into the very heart mm-hmm. of the franchise and just a total part of the narrative tapestry. We're all new concepts as of this episode. I mean, at this point, the Klingons hadn't even been introduced, um, and these were the first major adversary for the Federation. It wasn't even called the Federation at the time that we were seeing in the show. I mean, it's just. It's just incredible that one episode could have spawned so much of what was to come. It feels like they took a map of what the Romulans are today and in fact it almost feels like a pre a really well done prequel, the way that everything's Yeah, done. it really I mean that's, properly. That's why we do Trek Race, because Alex, that's a great point. It really set the tone super early and is the, the consistency of the Romulans for fifty two years since then has been uh, pretty amazing. Okay. Let's move into the soup round. Alex, what's your number three pick? Okay. So my five word summary, I wanted my five word summary to be in times of war, the law falls silent, but that's more than five <laughs> words. So my five word summary is inter armor enim silent legis. And my oh. hashtag is 24th century Rome. It is deep space nine, Season seven, episode sixteen, Interama and in Silent Legacy. Love it. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> yes, it's a duplicate. <laughs> it is a duplicate. I forgot to fire the phasers. <laughs> Alex, Inter Arma Enum, Silent Legacy. 
Why did you pick it? I mean, I'm a politics guy and I love anything mm. about Star Trek politics. And this is the classic kind of Star Trek politics story. Um, you know, there's no real phase of fights. It's lots of people talking to each other, but the dramatic tension is really high. The Section 31 storyline is really, is really well done. And you just get, again, this kind of great look at Romulan political society, um, the kind of scheming, manipulative, backstabbing, everybody being out for themselves, but at the same time, they're being kind of relatable, as you put it earlier, patriots, uh, in this case, in the form of, of Kretak. And, and, and the, the idea that, you know, no one's truly your friend, that fabulous scene at the end of the episode between Bashir and Ross, when, when Bashir figures out that Ross was in on it the whole time, and they have the conversation in which, you know, he talks about, um, uh, you know, is that what we've become, a, 20th, a 24th century Rome convinced that Caesar can do no wrong? Um, uh, and Ross is basically like, yeah, that's the world we, you know, we're at war, that's the world we live in. And, and, and so if I had to, you know, get somebody who you thought was my friend killed in the process in order to get what I want, then that's what I'm going to do. And the way that, that the, the, the Starfleet arc and the Romulan arc actually mirror each other in the episode um, uh, and you think, oh, the Romulans are terrible, you know, killing their own and all that. And then at the end of it, you realize that Starfleet was in on it the whole time and were totally okay with it. Um, again, it goes to show that, you know, that idea of, yes, these are kind of an archetypal, you know, manipulative, scheming, backstabbing people. But at the same time, unfortunately, there's a lot of us in them. That I, I feel like the Romulans alongside the Cardassians are some of the best fleshed out races because we get a lot of those scenes where you see it from their perspective. You know, like you were saying throughout the episode, the things that they're talking about, it's just, you know, it's, it's mustache twirling evil bad guys, but then you have the meeting and have everybody talk and it's like, Oh, well that's not the worst. I, I understand how you guys got here. And then to have the com badge come off, Mm. real talk conversation happened between the two of them. And you find out that Federation was pretty duplicitous and bad there too. Selling Kretek up the, the Creek. Yeah. It's, it's honestly one of the best kind of twist or trick endings uh, in Trek. It's one of my favorites at the end when you realize that, Oh, he wanted to set up Kretek and Koval is actually a federation operative that they, mm-hmm. they want to get in that position i that was that was fantastic and plus you get uh sloan pretending to be wendell greer some <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what his job was i just remember his name was wendell greer don't tell me this is your first glass of romulan ale well it was <coughs> illegal illegal that never stopped most of your colleagues. <laughs> I know. I was probably one of the few officers in the fleet who didn't uh, indulge occasionally. <clears throat> Would you like something else? No, no, I'll manage. That's the spirit, so I never say die. What an odd expression. What does it mean? It's a line from an old Earth poem. Forgive me for interrupting. I uh, couldn't help overhearing, and etymology is one of my hobbies. The uh, phrase, never say die, is originally from a 19th century poem based on Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. Now, it's since passed into the vernacular as, a, as an exhortation never to give up, no matter the cost. 
Interesting. Wendell Greer, Assistant Director, UFP, Department of Cartography. It's a pleasure, Admiral William Ross, Senator Kretek. Admiral, Senator. And Dr. Julian Bashir. Ah, the physician from Deep Space Nine. I was hoping to meet you. So <laughs> it is, yeah, it's spectacular. And the, it, the depth at which you get to see the Romulan society and the Tal Shiar in action is, uh, is amazing. All right, let's, uh, Seth, what is, what is your soup round pick? Uh, the five words and a hashtag for my soup round pick is that old Romulan triple cross move. Hashtag cowboy diplomacy. Yes, it's Unification TNG Season 5, Episodes 7 and 8, where they eat some soup. Yeah, they do have soup. They do yes, have that's soup. perfect. <laughs> yes. And, and this, <laughs> that, that was on purpose. No, that was, that was an accident. Uh, this was the first time that we meet the Praetor, and I thought that was pretty cool to have been hearing about him, then to meet him, and he's just, he's just a politician. He comes off so much like somebody I know from the news as just a, you know, glad handing smiley politician guy. Um, We show for the first time, I believe that the Romulans are a less than unified front. And then again, you know, with with the face of the enemy and many other episodes, this comes up many, many times Um, more, like I said, in the beginning, more great Romulan duplicity. So that stereotype is that thread is going on throughout all these episodes and we get introduced as a, as a really small thing to a character called Tatan, who is a very important character in star Trek online mm. becomes the leader of the Romulans in the future there. So that was pretty cool to see. And of course, Spock, how can we not point out Spock? Uh, I, I love this pick. It's on my secondary systems. I really wanted to get it on, but I, I kind of ended up thinking of it more as a Spock episode than Romulan episode, even though there's so much Romulan uh, on, so much happening on Romulus. Yeah. And, and I love, and let's just point out so people realize, so uh, Proconsul Neral, or Praetor Neral, in, I don't know what his, I can't remember his title. He's Proconsul in Unification, and then I believe he's Praetor by the time of Interama. So it's the I, same. I think he's, I think he's, Praetor in uniform. I think he might be in both, but they had a different actor play yeah, him. Different actor. It's, but just a little known fact, it's actually the same character for in unification and in uh, inter arma. So I, I love that. And this has one of my all time favorite lines uh, again from Sarek. So throwback to balance of terror. When, uh, when he says Pardek, how, how do you know? Pardek? <laughs> who is Pardek? Such a, who is Pardek? Such a great moment. All-time classic. All right, uh, Alex, any quick comments on unification? Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, Joe Landrew from a loyal Romulan citizen. <laughs> um, uh, there's so many great little things. The, uh, the little Vulcan um, toys. toys. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about Neral is in this episode, you see him as kind of the, you know, excuse me, more wide-eyed, glad-handy politician. And then in Interarmor and in Silent Leg S as much more of the kind of older, you know, wearier, more staid figure um, who's much later in his career and has probably had to survive a number of assassination attempts, one would assume. Uh, and Pardak, too. I mean, you know, what a great character, this this guy that you think is is 
is the kind of kindly old grandfather senator who turns out to be, you know, a who's who's betraying Spock. Um, there's just there's there's so much to like in addition to all of the all of the Spock stuff and the fact that you know, Spock makes it unification his mission throughout the rest of his life, really. And Spock. Did we mention that Spock's in it? Because that, that's what makes unification so great. Lots of Spock. <laughs> Lots of Spock. And Alex is correct that Neral is the pro-consul in this episode, not yet the Praetor. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So let's close out the soup round with my number three pick. Five words and a hashtag. Did Jirak die for nothing? Hashtag Romulan Varul. <laughs> and it is TNG season three, episode 10, The Defector, one of the all-time greats of uh, TNG's run. Honestly, it's one of my favorite Trek stories ever. It's a fascinating look at uh, you know what one person will go through to, to sacrifice for, for what he thinks is the greater good. And... I love the structure of this episode. I love the performances. I love the speechifying from Jirak and Picard. I just, it's so good uh, start to finish. And James Sloyan is in this. So he's one of another one of those great underrated Trek um, performers. He is amazing as, as Admiral Jirak. Admiral, your credibility is stretched beyond belief. A Romulan defector is almost a contradiction in terms. But Admiral Jarok crossing the lines? I explained my motivations to your interrogators. Yes, 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 yes. Peace in our galaxy. Except, Admiral, you are not a man of peace. Your military record, what we know of it, is clear. Which is precisely why I chose an alternate identity here. The massacres in the Norcon outposts, for example. What you call massacres were called the Norcan campaigns on my world, Captain. One world's butcher is another world's hero. Perhaps I am neither one. Again, I think we're probably going to talk about this episode again, but we also got Commander Tavalak. I don't know. I just love the defector. I love the way this story is set up. And again, back to my theme a Romulan patriot, Jirak, who again is sacrificing what he basically seeing Romulus, seeing his family again, because he thinks this is what's best for, for uh, Romulus to go and let the uh, Federation know what's, what's going on. So Seth, what's your take on the defector? Um, I'm going to hold my comments for later. I think. Okay. <laughs> Alex. I will join my esteemed colleague and hold in my comments for later. I love it. We'll talk about it some more in round two or round one because <laughs> it's that good, of course. All right, so let's move to round two. Alex, what's your number two pick? Okay, so my five-word summary is Romulans try to destabilize proto-federation, hashtag, but unity prevails. It is Star Trek Enterprise, season four, episode 13, United. Um, Excellent. Middle episode in the Andorian Tellarite arc towards the end makes more of a hard turn towards being an Andorian story. Um, but this middle episode, uh, it's probably the most Romulan light of all of the episodes on my list. 
Um, but but it does have the strong B plot with uh, the the Romulan commander uh, who is running the telepresence machine. But it it kind of to my earlier point when we were first started talking about the Romulans about how they really do drive a lot of the narrative arc for the Star Trek franchise. Uh, you can you know blame or credit the Romulans for the creation of the Federation. I mean this was. <laughs> kind of the precipitating event for the start of the cooperation between Federation Vulcans and Dorians and Tellarites. And just to stand on my soapbox for a minute, United is a thoroughly underrated episode that gives you everything you could possibly want from a Star Trek story, including fist pump moments, moments of people working together to overcome their differences, great performances, and it's all driven by this underlying storyline of the Romulans being really worried about what the implications are for these races starting to work together and in the process of trying to stop them from doing it, only bringing them closer together. I'm extremely fired up somebody picked this. This is on my secondary systems. I uh, was tried to get it off my list and wasn't sure which one to pick. I love United. I love Babel 1 as well. And... Um, but it's a great trilogy of Andoria, Romulan, and really the, the the most we ever see of the formation of the of the Federation. It's phenomenal, and I'm fired up that you picked this, Seth. What's your take on United? I feel similar to you that I, I wanted to put one of these three episodes on my list, but I couldn't find room with what else I had. But these are awesome. This is showing the best of what Enterprise could do, and really makes you wish for that season four. Um, Cause you know, like you were saying, Alex, it, it's got some great moments, fist pump moments of great go Starfleet, go humanity doing your thing moments. And, and as a big fan of the Andorians myself, getting a nice healthy dose of them in there as well, makes this just an amazing episode. You know, it, like you said, the Romulans are kind of created their own worst enemy here. Yeah, it's it is a great deep cut pick, and all the scenes with Trip and Reed uh, on the on the ship trying yeah. to survive is really very very underrated. Like you said, Alex, and, and it has one of my favorite lines where he says, "You're you're good at building, you're good at fixing things, and I'm good at blowing them up." <laughs> and it has it has a nemesis callback because the name of the admiral in the episode is the name of the Romulan warbird, the Valdor, yes. So it's Admiral Valdor in United, and it's the Valdor is Denatra ship in Nemesis. That is awesome. I didn't that is that. awesome. I am a nerd. I knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> I've been trying to get it for 10 minutes, and I knew you'd know okay. it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Seth, what is your round two pick? Well, um, my five words in a hashtag answer your five words in a hashtag, Jim. Uh, he did it for nothing. Hashtag. Oh. I cannot betray my people. This is the defector TNG season three, episode 10. I can't believe we had a hash, a five word summary. Answer my five. words. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Seth. This one, I, I called it a great mystery episode for the Romulans. Cause again, it's one of those awesome quasi detective stories where you don't really know what's going on, but nothing feels right about what he's saying. Nobody thinks it feels right. And as the pieces start to come together, it's just, it's, it's very beautiful. Um, you see 
the uh, less than unified front again. And Admiral Jarak, as you said, he is one of the best, best characters to, to pop onto Star Trek. I, I was sad and crushed for his death at the end because it was so, it was so sad. I mean, he did do it for nothing. He, he puts everything out on the line for his daughter, who also is in Star Trek Online. His daughter is a very major player in that game. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that it was the Romulans were just, again, using the state power to punish dissent within its ranks and the effort they went to to get him out and to hopefully get the Enterprise captured and bringing Tom Locke along. It was one heck of an amazing episode. Plus, it has got the soundbite from Trek Ranks on it. So that's got to get a little shout out. It, it, and it is not an overstatement to say that Admiral Jirak is one of the all-time great characters in the history of Trek. He's absolutely incredible. It's so good. Yes. Very emotive. Very, uh, he reminds me of, I'm drawing a blank on the Cardassian from Duet. But, um, oh, oh. I'm in Maritza. Yeah. Maritza. Yeah, very Gaul. much so. Yeah, it's very, that's actually a similar type story. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Alex, I'm not, not going to ask you about this. We're going to move on to my round two pick. And <laughs> Alex, I was actually able to make my five words and a hashtag work. And here it is. It's the actual Latin. In the presence of arms, hashtag the laws grow silent. Uh, That's the actual Latin for inter arma enum silent legis. Bravo. Well done. Is number 44 for me at Trek ranks. We've already talked about it a couple of times, so we don't need to go into too much more on it, but one of my, one of my all time favorite episodes. And I will highlight again, my Patriot, my Romulan Patriot here. That's kind of run the theme through all my picks. And it is Senator Kretak because she is trying to do the right thing. And she actually lets uh, Bashir convince her to go look at these records and she doesn't tell the Senate about it and she gets effed for it. So, and she's trying to do the right thing for her people trying to be a Patriot and she gets sold down the river and it's an amazing episode. There's so many layers here. I, I remember the first time I literally remember the first time I watched it just stopping at the end of thinking, I, what did I just see and rewinding it and watching it again immediately because it was just so tricky and not, and, and uh, just trying to get all the pieces of it. Cause it's such a, a layered, strong these face nine episode. So, all right. Any final comments from you guys on inter arma enum? I love it. It deserves to be on three people's lists. Indeed. It, it, oh, I forgot. It's a triplicate. Yeah. I, I think triplicate. I said duplicate before. It's a triplicate. It is a triplicate. Okay, so let's jump into round one of our top five Romulan episodes. Alex, what do you got, buddy? Well, you <laughs> you will be surprised to learn. Uh, five words, never see my children again. Hashtag, you've made your choice, sir. You're a traitor. 
Uh, uh, another triplicate. Another triplicate. Next Generation Season 3, Episode 10, The Defector. We've said most of, of, of what's worth saying about the episode. A couple of additional points I'll add. One, the cold open on this episode is amazing. Mm-hmm. Not just the, the Picard data, uh, Henry V scene with Patrick Stewart under all that makeup. Uh, playing the the part as well as being Captain Picard, but then they get called to the bridge, and the music, the Ron Jones score, as the scout ships cross the neutral zone and the warbird behind it, and they have no idea what's going on. That's fabulous. And then the second piece I'll highlight is the Picard Tomalock standoff at the end. Shall we die together? Uh, in which. The scene starts and you think Tomalock has the upper hand because three warbirds decloak and it's the Enterprise on its own. And then the two Klingon birds <laughs> of prey decloak and you have the standoff. And, you know, everybody... So and Picard ended up outsmarting uh, Tomalock and, and everybody kind of, you know, takes their toys and goes home. It, Andreas Katsoulis is someone we haven't had much of an opportunity to talk about. He's fabulous in this role. I mean, obviously, he's he's better known for... Um, Shakar and Babylon 5, but um, it was tremendous that he got to be in Star Trek at all, and Tomalak was a great role for him, and uh, the the adversarial na- uh, relationship between Picard and Tomalak that you saw over the enemy this episode, and then all good things, uh, were just fabulous. Uh, Seth, yeah. any final comments on the defector? Perfect, Alex. That was fantastic. I love what you were saying about Tomalak. It uh, minor spoiler warning, my first pick does not have Tomalak in it, and that kind of breaks my heart. I really wanted to get Tomalak in but because he is such an amazing character. He really makes that character incredibly fascinating and somebody I would like to watch yeah, over he, and over again. He's great. I'll just uh, close it out with a great Jarak quote that we both referenced, uh, Seth, you and I. I did it for nothing. My home, my family, for nothing. Uh, just brilliant. And then suicide. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's hard. All right, Seth, what is your number one Romulan episode? Uh, my number one Romulan episode, the five words are blue skies smiling at me. All right. Hashtag Picard through the verdant colored force fields. Um, it is Star Trek Nemesis, which is one of my favorite Star Trek movies. Um, <laughs> I know that there are a lot of detractors to this movie, but I think it's a great film. As you said previously, I think that there's some directing mistakes that could that pull it from being an amazing movie and just knock it down a couple notches. But this was this was a great movie. We got to see the actual Senate, not just the Senate building from outside. Uh, we get to meet another Praetor. We get to learn about the people who live on that mysterious second planet, Remus. And this movie is filled with Romulan duplicity. The new Valdor-class ship, which I just learned was named after that Admiral from Enterprise. It's also my Romulan ship on Star Trek Online. <clears throat> and, you know, Commander Donatra, Senator Talora, also both play Star Trek Online roles. I know I talk a lot about Star Trek Online, but it's the only soft canon that I have that goes past Nemesis. So I've I really dug into that when we didn't have Discovery. But my last point on Nemesis was that it did more um, experience of a being a Romulan work in that it helped to emphasize the separation of the civilian and the military 
when you know the the praetor was yelling that we don't take orders from the military again it just gives more layered nuance to the romulan culture and government that you don't get from a lot of the other star trek races even the klingons even even the cardassians some you don't see the really well defined government and realistic governmental structure that they have and i i really dug in on that yeah it's one of the strengths of it and there's so much they left on the cutting room floor that they weren't able to figure out a way to get in it i mentioned it before because of Stuart baird but all the stuff <laughs> with shinzon's backstory which they condensed into about 30 seconds i feel like if they had led with that and done some clever things and, and shown a little bit more of that it uh like it would have added a lot more depth to, to what was actually there yeah and and having just watched it today again i really think that they could have swapped that stuff out with pretty much all of the negative psychic interactions between the viceroy and troy those don't serve this plot to me they could easily be removed and i would love to learn a little bit more valuable information about Shinzon. they really should have focused on that the other issue was the was b4 uh they there was ways to tell still have b4 but not waste all that time on the Kaval and Homeworld or whatever that was with the, <laughs> like, with the Argo, Argo. The whole bit. Yeah, it's just yeah. all just action for no reason. But I digress. Any uh, last comments on Nemesis, Alex? I thought the Remans were a great addition to the um, to the Romulans, uh, sort of them having this kind of, I don't know, dark side element. Um, uh, it's interesting, uh, the, the Remans have the same forehead ridges as the Romulans. So if you, if you uh, extrapolate how do the Romulans get their forehead ridges that makes them different from the Vulcans because the Vulcans don't have them, I would assume it had something to do with uh, interbreeding between Romulans and Remans. Ooh, um, I like that. That's good. Yeah. I love your head cannon there. Good That's job. excellent. Um, uh, it was, you know, it was just, uh, and, and kind of gave the idea of there being twin homeworlds a, a, a bit more depth and a bit more, conflict to it and 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 i actually kind of like the idea that uh, lots of people will say you know oh well you're dropping the remans in right at the end and we've had how many romulan episodes and there's been no mention of them uh, i actually kind of like that i mean obviously it's for story reasons because they didn't come up to it with it until they wrote star trek nemesis um but from an in-universe perspective i like it from from uh uh, because it's the idea that there are still lots of things that we don't know about the Romulan Empire, that they are a secretive organization, that the Federation doesn't necessarily know it as well as it thinks it does, um, uh, and that there are still kind of layers of the onion left to peel back. There's a lot to get into there, but uh, I do agree with you that adding uh, Remus was an interesting choice for them, and there's so much they could tell from that angle. And I, and I and and by the way, it was there in Balance of Terror. I mean, they mentioned it right the first time they they were on screen. So, and how fabulous is Trek ranks that uh, Star Trek Nemesis can be the number one pick on somebody's list? That's what I love about this show. <laughs> yeah, and a duplicate. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, speaking of duplicates, my number one pick: five words and a hashtag. How she are intrigue keeps you guessing. Hashtag Troy at her best. There you go. It is face of the enemy season six. It's my top 10 episode for me at TNG Trek ranks. 
And I think that this, we talked about a little bit before with Alex's pick, but I think this episode is actually the best representation of life on Romulus, or at least on a Romulan ship, because you really get to see and feel for the first time some fleshed out Romulan characters and understand some of their motivations. And to stick with my Romulan Patriots theme, I'm going to talk about Subcommander Tareth, played by Carolyn Seymour, one of my another one of these great Trek performance uh, performers. She played Marista Yale in First Contact, who was one of my uh, uh, one-off heroes that I that I listened on a previous episode of Trek Ranks. I love Carolyn Seymour, the the actor. This character is so great, and she tells this amazing story about her father, who's an old man being dragged out of his home because he spoke his mind and she's just so upset that this Tal Shiar operative is sitting at her dinner table and she never saw him again. She literally says it and it just tells you so much about Romulans. We ensure the loyalty of the people. Do you believe the Empire would be better off without our protection? Protection? From what? How was the Empire threatened by the words of an old man, a devoted citizen who merely tried to speak his mind? How did the Tal Shiar protect the Empire by dragging him, my father, out of his home in the middle of the night? Clearly, your father was a traitor. No. He was just an idealistic old man. I never saw him again. I don't need your devotion, Commander. Just your obedience. And that's all you have. Just in that scene alone, I absolutely love that moment. I love that character. The Navek character is also super interesting, the one who kidnaps and has this whole plan in place. And the way he's going about his business is very Romulan, not relaying any information to, to Troy any more than he has to. And again, another guy that pays, you know, uh, pays for it with his life. So I just, it's one of the, it's just a fantastic episode of Star Trek from the structure, the writing, the performances, just the, the clever storytelling. One, one of my favorites. Uh, any final comments on Face of the Enemy from you guys? There's one more character uh, that we haven't mentioned from that episode, and that's the... I, I'm forgetting his name, but the human who defects to Romulus and then comes back again. Oh, Ensign. Ensign Blondhair. Yeah. Yeah, Ensign Blondhair, that's right. And he's got the Romulan haircut. Uh, and, and again, I think one of, the, one of the great things about a lot of these Romulan episodes is the way that you do have these mirrored storylines throughout. Just like we talked about with Interarmor, same you could argue with Balance of Terror, this one, too, to a certain extent, has that kind of mirrored storyline where you have, uh, there is both, you know, defectors on the Romulan side, but you also come to learn there is at least one defector on the Federation side who decided yeah. that they preferred the, the, the lifestyle and, and ethos of the Romulan Empire to the, uh, to the Federation. But by the way, it's Ensign DeSev, and I did not. DeSev. And I did not look DeSev. that up. So. Oh. <laughs> but I did just watch the episode. So. Trek Ranks points. Uh, yeah, that is a great point, because he shows the flip side of it, and he has that great moment where Picard's like, why didn't you tell us about this? And he's like, yeah, on Romulus, you don't volunteer information. <laughs> 
Did your contact tell you anything else that might be helpful? The freighter is an old Antares class vessel with limited speed and range. Couldn't have taken on its cargo more than a day ago, which means it must be within 15 light years of here. Why didn't you mention this earlier? It didn't seem necessary. And on Romulus, you learn not to volunteer information. It's a hard habit to break. Well, maybe now would be a good time to start. Fantastic. I'm, I'm really glad that you guys got this on your list, especially at number one. Because it was this was yeah. the hardest, the hardest one for me not to have on my. All right. Well, let's jump into some secondary systems and see what else is out there that we haven't talked about. Uh, Alex, what's on, what's on your uh, your long list? Um, ones that met my criteria but didn't make my list were uh, the enemy uh, was the toughest one for me to cut. The the scenes between Worf and the uh, the dying Romulan. Um, uh, Star Trek 2009 is a Romulan episode. Oh yeah, that's I didn't think of that one. That's a great one. Uh huh. That's on my list. Uh, and then there are others that I really liked but didn't fit my criteria. So Timescape is one of my favorite episodes. There are Romulans throughout the episode, but it's not about the Romulans. It's about the spatial anomaly that they encounter. In the Pale Moonlight is one. That's on my list. Yep. Again, all about the Romulans, but you only get the Romulans in the last 10 minutes of the episode and only with one character as memorable of a character as he is. Um, and then there are some other great ones. The Enterprise Incident, yep. uh, Minefield, The Mind's Eye, um, yep. which, is a, which is a really good one, uh, Visionary, um, and, and your favorite, Jim, uh, Redemption. Oh, yes. I, again, I, I said this earlier about Unification where I kind of labeled that more of a Spock episode, and Redemption I label more as Klingons. I don't mm-hmm. think of it in, the, in, in those terms. Um, yeah, In the Pale Moonlight was my toughest cut. I was really thought about including that because I like what that said about Romulans just even from the conversation between Dax and Cisco when yeah. they're talking about what it would take to get the Romulans into the war. Uh, Seth, how about you? What's what's on your secondary systems? Some of the ones that I cut that were fun for me but just didn't quite meet my criteria was Star Trek 2009, Eye of the Needle, Enterprise Incident, In the Pale Moonlight, and uh, Message in a Bottle. And then the ones oh, that yeah. were... Yeah, message in a bottle. Yes, a, I had that too. Yeah, a, f- a fun one, but it just didn't delve enough into the Romulans for me. Mm-hmm. But the ones that were really hard to get rid of was like the neutral zone. It's only the first; it's the first appearance, and you don't see the Romulans a ton, but they do talk about the Romulans a lot. So it really does help define the Romulan, the the new next generation's iteration of the Romulans, and of course, seeing Mark Alemo. Uh, in Romulan yeah. <laughs> gears is a treat. I didn't think of the neutral zone. That's a good one. And I didn't think of Star Trek 2009. That is totally a Romulan <laughs> uh, episode. That is that's great for me. It was just too it was just too much of a take away from the Romulans that we know. I mean, because even these Romulans are admittedly not behaving correct. Like, Normal Romulans, which, which so. they which they say. All right, so I, yeah. had, I had most of those on my secondary system. I had one other uh, that hasn't been mentioned yet. I had Babel one and and United oh, yeah. on, on mine as well. The only other one again, she's one of my favorite characters. I love Kretak. So I had Shadows and Symbols. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's um, a good one. I love the showdown between 
Kira and Kreetak and Admiral, yes. and Admiral Ross, by the way, sitting right there with Kreetak. So that sneaky Admiral Ross. And then he sacrifices her and enter. <laughs> yep. All right. Great conversation. Let's get into our regeneration cycle so we can start winding this episode down. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. All right, so let's run through a quick recap of our picks in our regeneration cycle. Alex, run, run down your top five. Number five, Star Trek Voyager, Eye of the Needle. Number four, Star Trek The Next Generation, Face of the Enemy. Number three, Deep Space Nine, Inter Armor, AM Silent Legas. Number two, Enterprise, United. And number one, The Next Generation and The Defector. That is awesome. So you had two TNG episodes and one each from Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise got picked. I love that. Spreading the love. I love that. All right, Seth, run down your top five. All right, so my top five, uh, number five, TOS, Balance of Terror. Number four, DS9, Inter Arma, Enem, Silent Legis. Uh, TNG, number three, TNG, um, Unification. Number two, TNG, The Defector. And number one, TNG Movies, Star Trek Nemesis. Fantastic. And you had three TNG episodes, your top three, and then one each from TOS and Deep Space Nine. And my top five, and I'm going to include my, my Romulan Patriots as, as part of my prime directive and theme, I had number five, Star Trek Nemesis from TNG with Commander Donatra. My number four was Balance of Terror, TOS, the Romulan Commander. My number three was the Defector from TNG with Admiral Jirak. My number two, Inter Arma Enum Silent Legis with Senator Kretak. And my number one, Face of the Enemy, with sub-commander Tereth from TNG. So I had three TNG, one TOS, and one Deep Space Nine. And for the first time ever, all five of my picks were duplicates. This <laughs> is actually kind of uh, crazy. That is for sure never happened. Normally I have a lot of deep cuts. but uh, So we had uh, five duplicates Three triples, which that doesn't really <laughs> surprise me in a kind of a finite territory like this one. And I always love this. We had three, well, one two-parter and two films. So that's uh, some bonus Trek there. So Seth, your list was actually seven hours of Trek. We, we love that. I, I like that. Doing it right. All right. Oh, and then the overall numbers were uh, nothing from Discovery or the Kelvin Timeline we had one from Voyager and one from Enterprise. Thank you, Alex. Two from TOS, three from Deep Space Nine, and eight TNG episodes were selected. So awesome recap of the stats. Great conversation, guys. But once again, we've entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. 
This week, we are jumping back to episode 32 in our top five holodeck episodes, which was part of our Pride Month celebration. And as always, we got a ton of great feedback from everybody here on Twitter. So I'm going to rattle off just a few of my favorite submissions. And first up is one of our old buddies, Carlos Miranda, at Double Mac on Twitter, who is the only person to choose someone to watch over me as a holodeck episode, which is pretty brilliant. I hadn't uh, considered that one, and we didn't talk about it on the show. Well, that's a smart pick. It, it was a smart pick. I like it. We also had two votes for relics in our first batch of submissions, one from Matthew Parsons at Matt underscore a181 and from Robert at Phil's Stalkers, who uh, I thought that was a pretty clever pick, uh, Relics, as a, as a holodeck episode. And also from at Phil's Stalkers, he submitted one of our favorite picks, choosing Naomi Wildman's hollow novel episode, Once Upon a Time with Flotter and Trevis, which I actually think is an underrated episode. Yeah, me too. I like those guys. Good, good swear trek material. <laughs> it is excellent swear tech material. But that episode had some really good moments at the end with uh with Samantha Wildman thinking she's gonna uh, not be there for her daughter. It's really good. All right, and from Ann Munoz, we had two very unique selections that I also loved. She's on Twitter at Amun A-M-U-N 74656. That's Voyager's registry number, people. We like that <laughs> handle. She chose cost of living on her list, which of course is Waxana and Alexander playing on the holodeck in TNG. So that's a super cool pick. The higher the (laughs) thank you, thank you. (laughs) And she also was the only person to pick Voyager's Human Error, which is great for all of us Chakotay Seven shippers out there. So I ship everybody, so I I I never complain. But I uh, I have no issue with Chakotay Seven. I like that pick. And finally, we had two more awesome outside-the-box picks from our friend the Borg at Star Trek 1701 with no vowels. He included That Which Survives from TOS on his list. And his number one holodeck episode was uniquely clever and not one that I had considered. He chose Deep Space Nine's Shadow Play, where uh, basically oh, yeah. a, a city of holograms don't realize they're holograms and yeah. living on a planet. It's a great, great Odo episode that was... Uh, really smart pick so great picks as always we appreciate everyone sending all your uh, responses into us at trek ranks so keep your list coming to me at trek ranks so we can retweet them but we also want to hear from you so please put together your own list of top five romulan episodes and give us a call and tell us your list call us at the tricorder transmissions at 609-512-5527 that's 609-512-LLAP. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we're jumping into a little bit of a unique topic. It's going to be one of these episodes that I think everyone will define a little bit differently. So we're going to do our top five TNG guilty pleasure episodes. <laughs> So a guilty pleasure that doesn't necessarily need to be a bad episode. It could that you like. It could be something along the lines of an episode that you maybe know that maybe other people don't look at it the same way you look at it, or maybe there's something in it that you don't like, but for some reason you still love the episode. I don't know. Guilty pleasure can be defined 
any way you want. I think that's going to be a big part of the episode. So, Alex and Seth, anything jumping out to you guys immediately as a guilty pleasure for TNG? Alex. Moussaka is waiting. <laughs> oh, you. Of, course. of course you picked masks. <laughs> Fantastic. Me, me too. I, I seriously, masks oh, you were gonna do masks one of my favorite episodes. Oh, that's, uh, that is fantastic. Our friend Adam Drozen will love that you guys both picked picked masks as your TNG guilty pleasure. That will probably be a popular submission to say the least. Also the outrageous Okona. Cause that guy is just so lovable. Now He's that just so is what I'm talking lovable. about. And if you love Joe Piscopo, it might be a guilty pleasure as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is an outrageous choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That should be a great episode. All right, Alex and Seth, before we wrap it up here, just want to give you guys a huge thank you. I love this episode. I love this topic. Super fun. Hope you guys had fun. Any any final thoughts? Please go ahead, my friend, Alex. I am waiting for this Halshiar to knock down my door and drag me away <laughs> from my choices. <laughs> that could happen. That could happen. I, I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me on. This was indeed a blast. Love just talking Trek with you guys. It was great to finally get you on, Seth. Uh, you've, been, you've been on the long list for a while, so uh, uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. And check out Seth at Verse Trek. Great uh, Twitter follow for everybody. And finally, I want to thank everyone for engaging with us here on episode 34 of the Trek Rakes podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Commander. I suggest you try the Venerine. It's quite good. I realize that it's nothing compared to what you're accustomed to on Romulus. But you could at least try the Venerine. I've smelled better Venerine on prison ships. there thanks again for listening if you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more trek talk why not visit our good friends bill and dan over at trekgeeks.com they've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of star trek topics so you're sure to find something you'll love and if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes then you really need to head over to fiveyearmission.net the guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series and each one is absolutely brilliant so that's trekgeeks.com and fiveyearmission.net check them out today